Mahalo, lovely sui for so mahalo and Evie. We're doing the tahi this Thursday, 27th of April, 2023. Just in case you forgot what year it was, how are you feeling this morning, Evie? I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? I'm feeling powerful. Oh, I like that. He's empowered. Coming up on the show today, we're covering everything from the wealthiest paying tax at a much lower rate than other New Zealanders. Love to see that. Oh, it's it's a shocking twist that no one could have possibly ever seen coming. Uh, As well as uh, Liam was fortunate enough to catch up with Wallace before the 1975 concert on Friday. And uh, also Twitter. You know what I love, actually? Did you see on Twitter over the last couple of days, Elon Musk got caught having a burner account? Wasn't it like a, a child? He was pretending to be like a child or... Yeah, it was Ugh. like, the username was like Elon, Elon Must oh, or something on. like that. Yeah. And he was like pretending to be his child and was like replying to his own tweets. Being like, like Elon, you're so cool. And you know how he got caught? He screenshot his account saying how much money he earned from people subscribing to his Twitter page. And in the top-hand corner, it showed his other account that he can log into. And that's how people figured out which was his burner account. It's now been deleted, which is just... It's just so... So obvious now. So embarrassing. That is a man who, like, paid $40 billion for a bit of attention. Literally me, though. Like forty billion dollars. Oh, hey, I can think of better ways dollars. to get people's attention than buy Twitter and go forty billion in the hole, man. Give me another billboard. Yeah, <laughs> like, I would like a man. I'd just buy out a lot of like a ton of Spotify ads. I mean, yeah. just being like, "Hey guys, what's up? It's me, so my little. Follow me on Instagram, G. Yeah, like, that's my a- stuff. Follow me. Uh, anyway, make sure you stick around. Uh, a lot coming up on the show today. Starting us off though, we're jumping into some news story. Uh, this one right here. Tell me a bit more about New Zealand cheerleading, Evie. Oh my gosh, we have to give a massive shout out to the New Zealand cheerleading team. So recently, so I didn't know anything about this until I saw on TikTok this like impeccable, amazing cheer routine from New Zealand cheered squad and they did this really cute thing I don't know if you saw it but I don't know how I didn't think of it before but they've got like a big N and then they spin it to a Z and they're like N Z and I was like like how that's genius so smart but they were um, competing at the um, International Cheerleading Union Championships in Orlando, Florida over the weekend and this this event is like it's a big deal there's 30,000 cheerleaders competing <laughs> From Jesus. 70 countries. Yeah. And two of our teams came. Uh, one of them got a silver medal. One of them got a bronze medal. Oh, yeah. Putty, putty. Like, that's great. I, that's like, it's amazing. Um, America tends to win pretty much like every year um, in the cheerleading thing. But we're we're gaining on them. We, we, we're, we're coming. It's like bring them. it on. Like For a country that doesn't incorporate cheerleading into our sort of cultural stuff mm. it's cool to see because like in america like before their sports there's cheerleaders yeah. on like almost all of their sports right there's cheerleaders we don't have cheerleaders for like pretty much any of our sports that i'm aware of i don't think the breakers have cheerleaders or anything like that like for for a country that doesn't integrate that to achieve what we have against the country where it's like a cultural phenomenon is pretty sick i didn't realize that many different countries did cheerleading though that's kind of crazy me me neither like i don't want to sound really dumb and really ignorant because i was really really amazed and impressed by the new zealand teams like oh my god but i like didn't know you could like do cheerleading 
like when I was growing up, I didn't know it was a thing. And I was like, well, maybe we just don't have cheerleading in the hut. But no, I Googled it. They're psych heaps. Yeah. And they do really well. I just, I should, no one told me. Yeah. I didn't know about it. Yeah, it was, um, I remember cheerleading was like really big at high school, like Glenfield College, Northside. Ah, ah, ah. We had a really good um, cheerleading team. And like they were, um, I, th- I don't, I don't, don't quote me on the stats, but I think they won a few things. They did really well for themselves. That's why I knew cheerleading was a thing here. Mm. But I, like, thought it was more niche than it really is. Yeah, I, same. I thought it was this kind of, like, yeah, like, niche, very, like, only a few people do it. But mm. I suppose people that do it are really good at it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, pop <laughs> hey, off. Like, to amazing. To the New Zealand cheerleaders. That's so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just... I... I like the idea of us beating a bigger country. Oh, I love it. And, like, us, like, again, not having it as, like, a cultural phenomenon. We're just, like, smoking out the competition, bruh. We're just like, oh, you heard of cheerleading? Yeah, we'll try it. We'll smash you at it. I love when New Zealand wins anything. Yeah. But especially stuff people aren't expecting us to win. I'm like, oh, you didn't see that coming, did you, America? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I didn't do anything. I just saw it on Twitter. I didn't even... I don't think I could physically ever do what they were doing. Flips throwing them in the air but the outfits oh yeah oh i'd wear the outfits the outfit i would pull off the outfit it's um such a new zealand thing to see somebody kiwi doing something and it doesn't matter what it is but if you see them doing something and they're doing it really well to just be like man i support cheerleading now you know yeah, like man. i'm 100 percent behind that you'd like it's like oh yeah this film has a kiwi actor and they're like yeah. in it for like 10 minutes and you're just like I guess I'm watching. Yeah, yeah, going Jum- to see the premiere of that. <laughs> yeah, Jermaine Clements in Avatar 2. Well, oh. I guess that's me right there, G. Like, so was it Cliff Curtis? Cliff Curtis. Oh, yeah, Cliff, Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis is playing it. I'm going. <laughs> anyone but a Māori. <laughs> Once again, he's playing a little blue dude. <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday's show, we had a chat about uh, which animal we thought we could beat in a fist fight, no weapons. Mm. Um, so Marlo reckoned he's, he could beat a horse. Well, not beat a horse or... I, I I felt that if I was to take on a horse in a fist fight, like one out at the park, we're both walking away and like telling our missus, like, you should see the other guy, is what I was alluding to. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I said I could probably fight like one to two birds. Mm, mm. Uh, but uh, we asked the audience. And um, can I just note, they were not happy with me. No. <laughs> People were not. <laughs> People were really upset, man, about... <laughs> like, we were like, really? A horse? Do you think you could take on a horse? And I'm like... I, I do I have to get into the logistics of it? I'm not punching a horse in the skull. Mm. It's got a big ass throat. Mm. It's got neck for days, as some would say. Yeah, I'm throat chopping a horse, bro. I'm like, I've again not encouraging you to fight an animal. Yeah, please, please don't. Please SPCA do is gonna get me that. out of here if I do. But like, yeah, I'm I'm standing. I'm sticking to my guns on this one. Yeah, good for yeah. you. Um, some of the responses we got, we asked everyone like, what animal could you fight? Uh, this is. Probably one of my favourite ones. Sam Robinson replied and said, if Moore was still alive, I reckon they would be super easy to punch. Mm. Then they replied again and said, I could take on a moose if I wanted. And then again and replied. Then again, King Kong has nothing on me. <laughs> I love that. Malibu's most wanted. you got to see it. That's great. I, I feel like a moose, you're probably pushing it, Sam. I feel no, like a moose, is, a moose is like a step above a horse. Moose, meese, moose-eye, they grow to seven feet tall. Yeah. I saw this show on Discovery once at like four in the morning called Moose Attacks. They just stomp on puppies. Yeah. They're really big and scary. Yeah, You're they... not, I don't know who you are or how big you are, how strong you are, but you are not 
beating a moose. Sorry. It's sorry to this. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Uh, another good one was Pratik said, "Those giant tortoises, just flip them over." And um, okay, Pratik, I love you, but those giant tortoises also weigh upwards of like a hundred and fifty kilos. Like they're so, and like just a note by the way, tortoises don't get giant overnight. Those giant tortoises are also like a hundred years old. You'd have to come with like a like a like a crane yeah. and like lift it and then turn it over and like place it back down upside down because I just don't see like the two hands lifting it over. Yeah, also like it's like flipping an old person, right? Because tortoises are again really want to emphasize this like a hundred years old. Disrespectful. Just, it just seems wrong to me, Pratik. Uh, Joe Guy says she could f up a penguin. And water underscore enjoyer said they would f up a sloth. People starting small. People starting small. Mm. I think a penguin. You could. I mean, I think I, now that as mentioned, I do. I do kind of think maybe me v a penguin, depending on the penguin though. I have seen Happy Feet. Yeah, which is exactly why I wouldn't want to fight a penguin because I just think they're too cute. They are really yeah, cute. Yeah, you've been to Kelly Tarlins, It'll change the game, bro. You won't want to fight a. You won't want to fight a penguin. I appreciate uh, Ava Gerard who said a small bear, but they have to be seated and acting like a person so they don't bite. <laughs> um, which is like, I appreciate. I appreciate their imagination. But yeah, um, let's talk about the horse stuff because people people weren't happy. This is my favorite comment. Uh, we got a comment on the actual like clippy full blown not happy talking with me. about the horse, and they said your horse must be a plastic Barbie doll one. No way are you dropping a real six hundred pound horse. Laugh cry emoji hashtag stupid conversation. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's, you know what's worse too. It's like everyone was messaging me and going, "What's your problem with thongins?" And I was like, "I said I'm not trying to fight a horse." But, like, I said I would fight a horse. I didn't say I wanted to, like, fight Tongans. And everyone was messaging me, like, gee, Tokuso, like, what's going on? Like, Mariko messaged me, and he's like, gee, Tokuso, we're, like, true start here. I was like, bro, a horse, not a Tongan, a horse. I don't know why I have to emphasize that I'm not trying to fight the Tongan community. I'm not trying to go to war over that. I just want to fight. I don't even want to fight. I just think I could take a horse. And everyone's like, either they're like, you're not beating a horse, or why do you hate Tongans? And I hate that that's the response that I got from talking about that. Sometimes you just got to take things at face value. Sometimes it's not that deep. Sometimes it's it's just a guy who reckons he could beat a horse. Sometimes it's a horse. Bro, I'll just choke that horse out. I feel like I, I'm sticking to my guns on this. I really think I got this, all right? Please, do not come for me. <laughs> Hashtag stupid conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, since we're being honest here, you know last night you sent me you sent me a voice message. A couple. Yeah, a couple, a couple of voice yeah. messages. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about what you were talking about because I didn't listen to them, and I need to be completely frank with you. I never have listened to them. But I've, I've seen you so many. I've, I've seen you so many. I just never on. feel like I like I never want to tell people that I'm not going to listen to their voice messages. But if I see a voice message, I'm not opening that for a couple of days. Like, I send so many. Voice you really messages. like sending voice notes. I'm a I'm a I'm a words girl, and I'm I'm really bad at spelling and typing and all of that. But it's just easier. I'm like, hey, I'm at the supermarket, and I saw this, and I thought about this, and I'm just going to tell you about it right now instead of not i guess no, I, could, I suppose i could just leave you alone here's the problem <laughs> somebody sends me a voice note i'm i don't know walking through the mall and i go oh somebody sent me a voice note and i need to listen to it and now i have to walk through the mall 
with my phone to my ear, trying to listen so desperately to, oh, yo, we'll catch up soon. And I think, oh, man, that would have been really easy to type, you know, so that I could just read it. Even though I am, like, notorious at just not replying to people in general, voice notes, I'm not. I'm sorry, Evie. I know you've sent me so many. <laughs> in the, like, three months we've known each other, you've probably sent me, like, a handful a week. We do a show together. We listen to each other's voices all the time. Don't need to do another show on our free time. You don't. You know? <laughs> you don't I don't need... Care. I don't need that. And shut my boy, Swiss, Docs. I love you. You're the only person I listen to voice... He's the only person I listen to voice notes from because that man has three kids. And I think, yeah... Typing probably takes time away. <laughs> like, it probably requires two hands that you may or not may not have access to if you got three kids, you know? I just have, like, little jokes that I'm trying to trying to tell you about. Type them. I don't want to type them. Type I'm, them. You know what? You're saying you're not going to listen to them. I'm just going to send more until one day you're going to get real bored or you're going to be sick or something and you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to listen to three hours of Evie's voice notes. <laughs> and they're all going to be just... They're, to be honest, fair play to you. They are completely pointless. It's voicemail. not a single important thing that I've told you in a voice note. You don't send important information over voice notes. You'd never be like, hey, your mum's sick over voice notes. You know? God, imagine. You'd like, yeah, you'd never... You're, you're sending that as a text or you're calling the person. Sending a voice note being like, hey, our show got cancelled. Yeah. Um, and you just don't know about it because you made don't redundant. listen and you show up the next morning at 7am and everything's gone. Yeah, like, it's not appropriate. I feel like it's it's a hop and a skip away from voicemail and I have disabled my voicemail because I don't listen to my voicemail. Oh, I've I've never, never I don't listen to voicemail. Have... I'm not paying to hear what you said to me. Send me a you text. have to pay for voicemail. Yeah, you got to like... I mean, I don't know. At some point you did and it was like... You you don't have enough credit to like make this call. Really? Yeah, I'm on. Oh, I'm on no, I shouldn't I say what company I'm on, but um, I, I, they do that. No, I just like it felt like too much effort, and then I realized that voice notes require way less effort than voicemail, and I don't like listening to those either. Mm. So I think it's just I have a thing. Just text me. Just genuinely text me. I'd rather somebody call me if like call, text, bro, email me. Please don't voice note me. Just like, I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling you this you a as a note. as a friend. I'm telling you this. Thing, <laughs> all right, this is us being friends. All right, I'm keeping it a buck with you. Well, I'll I'll stop you know bothering you with my friendship, then. <laughs> oh, don't like that. <laughs> Bother you with our friendship. Contribute like, to my yeah, yeah, like, oh well, I guess you know if that's how you want to be about it. I could do one of these. Oh no! Ask me how I am. No, uh, oh, no. No, ask me how I am. Do it. Do it. Say how are you? How are you, Evie? Fine. <laughs> I guess. Oh, I mean, all right. Let's let's keep it moving. All right. When you get bogged down in emotions about me not checking your voice notes. All right. <laughs> Speaking of voice notes, we're gonna listen to this next piece right here. Welcoming to the Tahi Couch, we have Liam. Pachi pachi for Liam. Yay! Uh, Liam Woo. dragged me. <laughs> no, Liam invited me along um, to <laughs> go with them to the 1975 concert at Spark Arena where we were fortunate enough to catch up with one of the opening acts. Tell me a bit about them. Uh, Wallace is a cutie. She's a little little girl from the States um, who opened for the 1975 on their Australia shows, New Zealand shows, and uh, soon to come their shows in the Philippines. Mm. Um... We had some cute chats. We had a little conversation. 
Um, one that I found real interesting was her feelings about the fans who camp out for their shows because mm. they do have quite a cult following. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was fun. It was a cute little moment. We did it in a random staircase backstage at Spark Arena. It was good. It, it was, was fun. good. Yeah, just in the loading dock area, it was yeah. great. Uh, so if you hear any trolleys moving up past in the background, that was just the, the ambience of the scene. Up next, uh, Liam's interview with Wallace. Kia ora, my name is Liam. Welcome to the Tahi. I am here with singer of the universe and the stars to the world, Wallace. <laughs> That's uh, the second time someone said that. <laughs> No, I'm just joking. I'm Thank not you. the first person to use all of those adjectives in the same sentence. Thanks for having me. To anyone who doesn't know who you are, introduce yourself to the people. Hi, my name is Wallace. I am an indie rock alternative artist from Los Angeles, California. And I'm currently on tour opening for the 1975 in Australia, New Zealand, and the Philippines. If you were to describe your musical influences, who would those people be? I think constants in my listening have been, and I've said it a million times, Weezer, Lana Del Rey, and Radiohead. And then more recently, uh, Mitski and like Nick Hakim, Sam Evian. They're smaller. Um, If you were to describe your own music in five words... What would those words be? Nostalgic. I would say I've said gritty a couple times. Mm-hmm. Easy. Mm-hmm. I don't usually like this word, but cheeky. <laughs> we love a cheeky. And unserious. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> love unserious. Anything in life that is too serious is probably just not too worth it. No, I really don't take myself too seriously. You're on tour with the 1975. That's so true. It is really true. (laughs) It is why we're here in this staircase. Um, What's it been like? How's it been? It has been literally a dream come true. Um, As a musician, you don't really think that playing arenas is something that's possible in a career. It's usually very hard to do. And so opening up, being able to play the largest shows of my career is really crazy and their whole crew is super sweet and the band is very nice and the fans are pretty fun so I don't have any complaints. On the topic of the fans, I think for every show on this tour so far, and it was the same last tour because I was one of the people who did it, um, people line up for like days for these shows. I don't like that I just admitted that, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's people outside right now. It's raining. I don't get it because then you're sleepy Mm. and you're hungry and tired. But then, you know, when you see the, when you have the adrenaline of like your favorite band going on stage, you like wake up. But it's really hard as an opener Mm. when the first three rows are usually all I can see. And they're all exhausted. (laughs) And they have no idea who I am or my music, which is fine. That's expected. I'm, like, actively trying to win over the audience for 30 minutes every night. I I went into this knowing that. But it's really hard when literally they're yawning. So I've been obsessed with you on this tour because before your show, especially when I watched both live streams in Wellington, where you do your makeup. Oh, my my Your live streams. streams. Yeah. You do your makeup. And you went live right before you went on stage. 
your social media presence is so cool because I don't see people doing that. Like I don't Thank see you. I don't see many artists that like actively engage with their fans in a way that it's like I'm literally about to go on stage and I'm yeah. literally getting that ready. one was our first time we did it. I like to do my makeup on live before shows, um, even if it's just like thirty people um, and answer questions. It always makes me run kind of late. Because <laughs> I'm like looking at my phone, I'm like, no, 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 okay, let's focus. Yeah, no, it's really cool because I think like the the fan engagement there is really something that someone who is outside of the sphere of musicians, I admire it so much to see like you going on and like interacting with your fans in a way. Like there was someone on the Wellington live stream that commented like six times that was like, I've been to all the Australian shows. And I was like, that's so like. I don't know, it's cool to see, like, a fan base grow. I tried to, to like, respond... Okay, I just realized uh, after the Wellington show, none of my, mes- like, message requests, I would get, like, maybe two a day. Mm. And then I went to hidden requests that Instagram yeah. thinks is a spam, and there's so many. I was like, oh, no, I haven't seen any of Because I really do try to reply to people um, when I can um, and engage fans because, I mean... It's like nothing without fans. Mm. And obviously the whole point of me going across the world to play these shows is to try to grow. Mm. And I feel like these shows, not only because of the size, um, but just like the shows in general have helped like me grow an Australian and a New Zealand yeah. fan base already. So it's really nice. You have a new EP coming out. Yes, I do. I'm obsessed with it. Thank you. I did think you it's really good. It? I did listen to it. Insider. Um, yeah, insider <laughs> information. I've listened to the unreleased DP. <laughs> um, I want to know about the the process of making that. How did when did the the EP start? When was its inception? Um, the oldest song is from September twenty twenty one, just kind of old. But then the rest of them were made um, like May and June. 2022 what's the um we're teasing it now we're urging the audience what's the general vibe of of the ep that is about to be released into i think the world? it's a little bit bigger than my first two like in just literally sound mm. um and i've been i think it's a little more like authentic to myself rather mm. than me playing like a character or seeing about other people's feelings um yeah would you say it's maybe your most personal work i would say uh other than japan which was Mm. like a standalone single i think that's kind of the direction that it's moving of being a little bit more personal Mm. is there a favorite song you have to perform live from this new one the ep disappears really fun Mm -hmm. i think that'll be the third single off of it well thank you thanks for for having me i've loved it Back to you in Please. the studio. Uh, you mentioned, like, when we caught up with her that she had, like, really cool style. And when we were doing the interview, she was dressed really sick. And I went home and checked her Instagram. And she was like, some really cool outfits on stage, like, suits and stuff like that. Yeah. My friend, she wore a suit in Wellington. And my friend styled her for the Auckland show. Oh, and yeah. she walked out on stage. And I was like, she's wearing something from your, like, wardrobe. Like, she looks like a carbon copy of you. Oh, really? But she also <laughs> looks like a carbon copy, copy of, like, all the girls who go and get 
like brunch in like Greyland. Oh, brunches like, in Greyland. Or like a CBD viaduct kind of vibe, but in like a really chic, sophisticated, I only wear local designers kind of way. You know what? You do such a great job of helping me imagine exactly what that <laughs> outfit is. Like you actually like you put that image in my head. Um, there is an exclusive clip from that interview that didn't air just then. That's going to be available later. Eh? Tell me a bit yeah. about that. Um, I won't give away too much for the sake of the listener. So exclusive vibes. Um, <laughs> we talk about Glee, and I'm just going to leave it at that because there's a, that's a very open hole yeah yeah um and that is a hole that was probably like 10 minutes of the interview so i imagine yeah, you cut like, it down a pretty, like... pretty big chunk of it it was real hard to cut down check out the exclusive clip on Tahi's social media but anyway we're getting back into the show now to news an inland revenue investigation has found new zealand's wealthiest families pay less than half the amount of tax than most other new zealanders um, a 2020 law change gave IRD the power to basically investigate some of our wealthiest families and make them provide their earnings information, which, like, I, I didn't know they couldn't do before, but apparently they couldn't. Um, and after a, a two-year investigation, the High Wealth Individuals Research Projects found untaxed capital gains from business, property, and other investments skew the entire tax system in favour of the country's most wealthy uh, Revenue Minister David Parker said this research revealed a large differential between the taxes ordinary New Zealanders pay on their full income compared to the super wealthy. He also added our citizens like tradies, nurses, school teachers, hospitality workers, hairdressers, cleaners, engineers and small business owners all pay a much higher effective tax rate than their fellow wealthier Kiwis. Yeah, the project gathered information from 311 families who have a net worth of over $50 million uh, and looked at things like ownership of businesses, property, salaries paid and stuff like that uh, and found their median effective tax rate is 9.4% compared to uh, the average middle wealth New Zealanders, quote unquote, 20.2%. Uh, Inland Revenue said a major difference was people on low to middle incomes tended to make most of their money through income, which is taxed directly. Uh, And these wealthy people make most of their money via investments, properties, boats, um, stuff most people can't afford to really even have in the first place. These wealthiest families earn more from their investments. About 67% of their economic income was made from trust, but they do pay a higher rate of tax when it's just their salary. So that part of it is legit. They're paying the right amount, uh, but yeah, only a small amount of, well, less than half of their incomes uh, is from a salary. So uh, Revenue Minister, again, David Parker, he said the excellent work in this survey will enable, enable future discussions on tax policy to be based on solid evidence. He said later this year we intend to indru- in- introduce a tax principles bill to ensure that information like this continues to be transparently collected and reported on. So basically, rich people are avoiding tax. What? <laughs> Oh wow. my god, they never do yes, that. Yeah. That's wow. Who would who would have thought, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Um it's a it's real it was really disheartening reading this because like where I'm from and and the people I know and our experiences like people people from my community will go and they'll take all of their cash out of their bank account on payday because the card fees alone can like really send someone into a, like a 
really bad place financially. Card fees, we're talking like a dollar, two dollars can be the difference between somebody getting through the week and somebody not. We're talking people who drive to three or four food banks just to get what they need, fingers crossed, hoping that they can find some baby formula. Like, times are tough out there, and I think it was really heartbreaking for me personally to see this and be like, man, people I know are really struggling and paying their fair share of tax, and there's people out there who are not and are able to avoid all of these struggles. It's genuinely, like, genuinely heartbreaking. I agree. It's um, it's not ideal. Uh, it has brought capital gains tax kind of back into public discussion. If you remember a few years ago, it was a real big issue. The Labour government ended up not going through with implementing a capital gains tax. But uh, a lot of t- all the different political parties, all the key players have uh, responded to this investigation, a lot of different opinions there. Um, I'm going to let you know uh, what they've said and where they stand. Uh, the Labour Party uh, said, well, Chris Hipkins, uh, the Prime Minister, said the Labour Party made commitments around tax at the last election that have stayed in place for this term of government and will honour those. People will know well before the next election what our commitments are for the next term, so, you know, they'll say something later. Uh, the ACT Party, David Seymour, uh, labelled the reports as politically driven fishing expedition and in a statement compared taxing the wealthy to, to tall poppy syndrome, saying people should ask themselves, would they accept a government that used such intrusive powers to find out what beneficiaries spend their money on or middle-income households? Why then is it okay to go after people if they have money? How then does it fit with Kiwi values to only go after people if they're successful? That's what David Seymour said. And uh, National Party finance spokesperson Nicola Willis uh, said that the findings, uh, this is because of Labour's economic mismanagement. The government's decision to embark on money printing, borrowing and spending frenzy has led to a massive capital gains for some at the expense for everyday workers, she said, but then followed up and said that National would still oppose a capital gains tax and uh, that Labour is to blame for the country's inequities. Uh, Green Party... Spokes, revenue spokesperson Chloe Swarbrick, different opinion, said that uh, the only barrier to a fair tax system, well-funded public services and ensuring everyone has what they need to survive is political willpower. Let's be clear, to allow millionaires to continue to not pay their fair share after this explosive evidence is a political choice. Poverty is a political choice, is what Chloe Swarbrick said. So lots of different opinions on uh, the sort of bombshell tax report. Um, it, yeah, it's a it's a very intricate story with a lot of details, and if you want to read more about that, head over to RNZ's website, uh, rnz.co.nz. Look, we're not going to front. Um, it's a very topical piece of news there, and it is a really disheartening piece of news. I think it's a, a very stressful thing for a lot of people. Mm. And we're always going to try to keep you up to date and keep you informed on things that we think matter to you and are important to you. But we're also going to acknowledge that sometimes those things are a little tough and sometimes you just need a little lightness in your life. So we're going to jump on into some new music here, music and culture, as you know. It's kind of our thing. Kind of our thing, Kind man. of our thing. Um, in new music, uh, let's start off with more recently in local news. Um, one of the artists that we highlighted on our new music post yesterday. Uh, tell me about them. Balu Brigada. You may have you may have listened to Balu Brigada. They've got a really good new song called Designer, but they've been popping up all over my TikTok. Oh, yeah. Like, Americans being like, 
you never would have heard of this New Zealand band. And I was like, ooh, who's it going to be? I'm like, oh, it's Paolo Bugatti. I know them. They're great. <laughs> yeah, they do, they do like a, um, it's kind of like pop, pop punky, I guess. They mm. do like a little bit of a five seconds of summer kind of vibe. They're great. Check them out. Speaking of music genres, can you recite that one from the other day? Oh, man. Okay. Ex- uh, experimental, math rock, progressive, post-hardcore, avant jazz metal. Um, actually, that was impressive. I'm not going to lie. I love Black That's Matty. Matty. <laughs> Very good. Um, and moving to international new music, Jack Harlow just announced that he's got a new album coming out this Friday called Jackman. And Jackman. I'm going to be honest with you, not excited at all. The, <laughs> the air just got sucked out of the room, man. Jack Harlow better wrap his ass off on this album, man, because he's on his last chance. I'm telling you, that last album was... I See, I think Jack Harlow has actually got some talent. Uh, like... Like, his verse on the Little Nas X um, one was great. Uh, he did a really rap... He, like, really rapped for his life on Churchill Downs with uh, Drake. I just thought that last album was weak. And it's a shame, because I do think he's got... He's, like, a pre... He's got nice delivery. I think he's got good bars. I think he brings something unique. Um, he just... That last album just felt, like, very commercial, very mainstream... Mm. Very TikTok. Mm. It was just, I felt like he could bring something better. This is his last chance. This is me saying, Jack Harlow, all right? Bro, do you want to be a white rapper, man? I need you to pick up your game, G. <laughs> you need this, you to this, from us, Jack Harlow. Do yeah, better, bro. There's plenty of, like, <laughs> plenty of mid-white rappers out there, G. If you want to make yourself, you got to do something special with this album. Jack Harlow, again, announces that his new album comes out tomorrow. Jackman. Fingers crossed, dude. It's your last chance. Uh, if you want to check out our new music post, it's available on Tahi's social media, in particular on our Instagram, Tahi underscore FM. Can I get an amen underscore or is it a it dot? It is Tahi underscore FM. Check it out. Uh, speaking of stuff on our social media, Duality. Duality. Um, our most recent series has just wrapped up. All six episodes are now available. So great news for you. You can watch it all in one sitting, which obviously we all love. Duality is a great show. It's like a really raw look at Māori with mixed whakapapa. And mm. they're all young people and they're all on a journey of like self-discovery. And it's beautifully shot. It's oh, It's beautiful, but... The thing I like the most about it is that everyone's journey was so different. Mm. Everyone had such different experiences and different struggles. And it was just like, it was really moving. It's quite it's quite an intense watch at times, mm. but it's really beautiful. I cried. Yeah, it's a uh, shout out to uh, one of my good friends. I have a couple friends on it, but um, Tina, who's on there, um, she is African and Cook Islands Maori. And she has a very unique uh, experience with that mixed whakapapa and... I think everyone brings something really beautiful and special and an important story to tell. Uh, where can people check out the full season of Duality? I recommend checking out on our YouTube, which on YouTube we are just Tahi. Um, no underscores, nothing, just Tahi. Um, and there's a lot more other stuff on our YouTube channel, more of our serious stuff. We've got some more longer form series on there, so do check it out. Go give us a... Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of our most popular series, so you don't want to miss out. There's a reason why it is doing as well as it is, because it is a it is a really good series. Duality, out now, full season, available on our YouTube. Welcoming back to the couch for the second time this episode, Liam. Hey, Liam. What's up? Yeah, it's good to have you back. Um... We were talking about Twitter earlier. Burner accounts. Love a good old burner account, but main accounts are always important. Evie, welcome to the Twitter sphere. Yeah, I recently, semi-recently got on Twitter. I joined in January. You two are both real good at Twitter and get lots of likes and, and people think you're cool. But I I am not having that experience um, on Twitter. I, um, I think my most popular tweet has six likes 
um, which was really big for me. Mm. I don't know. Mm. What am I? What am I doing wrong? Can you give me some some tips, please? Okay, be well, nice about it. <laughs> um, um, looking at your Twitter. Well, look at it to Twitter now, and it's just like it just says, "Yoo beep beep, slay those demons, boy cycle." Oh, bicycle, like a bicycle, but it's a boy. <laughs> what? See, like you got there's like like you 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 got some strong stuff there, right? Twitter is about. I feel like there's different sides to Twitter you can take. Personally, I'm a, I'm a very obscure tweeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I'm kind of. I kind of just. Like, pardon my French, I shitpost. I like your Twitter. It's fun for me. <laughs> I, I, it's like, I'm on there and I'm like, hee hee, like, like, it's like. It's fun for me. It's, it's fun, fun for me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, but I think that Slay Those Demons should have been a way more popular tweet because <laughs> it was about Demon Slayer, which is, it's an anime and these guys have got swords and they, they slay demons, but mm, it's like slay. Mm, you know, mm, guys? You have two tweets that I've screenshotted that I really like. <laughs> One of them is from the 21st of January, 2023. It's got 64 views and was tweeted at 12.27am. Oriental Kingdom Supremacy. Well, Wellington's Pacific tweet. And that's where it. I was there at the time and I was having fun, so I decided to make a tweet. And then you've got one from the 19th of January 2023. It's got 142 views and was tweeted at 9.49 pm with two likes. Love Island. Oh, okay. That <laughs> Great was tweet. Be, that was because I wanted the algorithm to give me more Love Island. Right. So I just so tweeted Love it. Island so that it would know that you Elon Musk will get alerted that, hey, Evie wants to have more tweets about Love Island. Yeah. Um, it it kind of worked. I got a lot of spoilers, though, and I regretted it yeah. almost immediately. <laughs> See, there's, there's, there's tricks to having a good Twitter, right? you got to be kind of obscure. you got to be a little weird, a little unhinged. I would probably argue you're not being racist enough. <laughs> I would say there's some there's some success in that on Twitter lately. I don't know if you know this, but you know that the, is not a note I'm the, willing to implement. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Twitter as it stands right now is rewarding the worst people. Really? Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Bless I pre- you. Oh shit! Second one. You don't get a third one. Nice. 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 Yeah, I feel like with Twitter you've got to be kind of obscure. You've got to be. Um, topical got to be relevant um in tweets because twitter moves fast twitter is a great example of how fast the internet moves yeah um it can also represent the worst of the internet in terms of like people who are very chronically online well that was reddit no uh reddit is like reddit and twitter i think they breed the same kind of person to be honest yeah they're both in a sense sort of forums yeah Yeah. like twitter sort of is a forum you have threads and things like that yeah it's Everything a, funny you see on the internet comes from Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Every, like, an Instagram reel, Twitter humor. A TikTok, Twitter humor. It all starts there. Yeah, Twitter very, is... very, like, cyclical. Twitter is, uh, I think, a place where, like, some of the greatest memes have been born. And died. And, and died. And died. some people get a hold of them and then they... Run them run into them the into ground, them. man. It's, yeah. I feel like my advice for you would be... Uh, just to treat cautiously too, because Twitter is like I I got my first death threat on Twitter. Same. Yeah, Twitter was the first place I got my first. I ever don't want to get so. death threats. Yeah, that's, that's how it's this Twitter man. I've only ever got death threats on Twitter. Yeah, it's the place for it, you know. It's, I've only ever got death threats in person. It's a catch twenty two. <laughs> Jesus. 
Honestly, the train from Nine Eye to Town. The like, train. It's... All right. Yeah, there you go. Like, you know, like, the, you know, you catch a train in Auckland, you'll probably get in the same, like, diverse personality range that you would on Twitter. Mm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah so um, uh, my advice would be tread cautiously in the Twitter sphere. That or, I don't know, just make a Facebook. Maybe I'll just keep tweeting about anime and get, like, a different audience. But no one like my Demon Slay tweets. I don't know where to go. That's my best anime joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you're going to have to work on that. Yeah, yeah, I like, I love Twitter, but you have to accept that it is the best of both worlds. It's good, it's bad. Lately, since Elon's bought it, there's been a lot of things that are happening on Twitter that I think will eventually lead me to leaving Twitter. But at the same time in saying that, there is no other place like Twitter. Mm. They've tried. It hasn't landed. Twitter is just sort of like its own thing, and it's kind of beautiful in its own way. As I mean, I always felt like on Twitter, everyone's trying to be real smart all the time, and I just don't think everyone needs to be smart. I think that's the point of having smart people is that I don't have to be also smart because they can do it for me. But everyone on Twitter is trying to be smart all the time, and it's stressful. I like Instagram where everyone's just hot and dumb. It's easier. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Then again, though, I follow, like, my, I, I think my Twitter feed is more hot and dumb people than it is on Instagram. Mm, okay. Which I think is kind of fun. If you follow enough hot and dumb people, the algorithm will give you twice as many. That's kind of good. And yes. then all of my following is just, like, shirtless men. <laughs> <laughs> hey, same. <laughs> yeah, I, my Twitter is uh, all islanders. I think when I first made a Twitter, I just... Um, like followed a couple islanders that I knew and then I just like followed all the people that they retweeted and then all of a sudden I was just part of poly Twitter as we call it but poly Twitter is also a horrible place it's It's probably the worst it's probably like there's like levels to it poly Twitter is like probably one of the worst places I know and I love it (laughs) I love the filth (laughs) we're gonna work on your Twitter but we got to wrap up the show. Our boss is telling me we're clocking up on a time. Oh, he's just nodded. He's just waving yeah, through the glass. He's there we go. The glass. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Kakeets. See you next Tuesday. Ciao. Oh, see you next Tuesday. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> I love saying it.